Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. Hey, what's up, everyone? Here we are, part three of the Joy Bell uh, interview. So this is after she gets released from being incarcerated and what she's going through. And mind you, part of this is she is in a transitional housing unit. So it's going to be a lot of interesting things. She's also done so much in such a little amount of time and continues to strive for excellence and to help others. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Here we go. Part three. All right, so gone through before, during, now you land over at beautiful Geo. <laughs> what, what, what's the situation? And talk a little bit about um, showing up there, like what that looked like going from prison to there, and then um, kind of some of the, the hurdles you have to go through uh, just to be there and, and kind of function. And then also I would love to hear and everyone would love to hear like some of these organizations that, that you're working with now and, you know, try trying to make a difference with. So. Okay. So landing at geo well during COVID, right. Things are weird. So the way, so I think I mentioned briefly, so we were quarantined in the hole, even though they say the hole doesn't exist. It does. So we were quarantined in the hole up at the prison before we left. The only time I've ever had a single cell in prison was in the hole. Great. Peaceful, quiet. I could color. I could write. Best thing ever. Of course, I was not there because I got in trouble. Probably different, right? When you've been in a little trouble. Mm -hmm. So we quarantined for two weeks. And we're not really sure what it's going to look like once we get here. Um, So that day, 12 of us came down together. So they pack up all your stuff, anything you're, anything you've bought, you're allowed to take with you. You have to turn in your state issued property. So that first day is a little bit of a cluster. You've got boxes you're able to pack. They go through all your stuff before you leave, um, taking inventory, making sure they get all their stuff back. Your medications are supposed to come with you. They usually don't. Um, and just that whole process. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a full day. So here, because we're in Pueblo, so Pueblo is yet still south of Colorado Springs. There are halfway houses in every county here. I don't know how it works other places. So we left Pueblo. We stopped in Colorado Springs at a couple of different halfway houses, dropped some people off there, continued to Denver. And we actually got transported to Denver Women's Prison. We hang out in the parking lot until the geo people come to pick us up. We transfer and we have, we can't go into the facility because it's COVID, it's locked down to their aunt, right? So we can't go in. So we're just in the parking lot in a bus. It's great. Um, the geo people come from this, from this facility to pick us up, have to transfer all the boxes, make sure everybody has their stuff, right? We, and the, so then we get here, there's a shit ton of paperwork to fill out. Um, you have to sign like a financial power of attorney. They handle all your money. You have to fill out all, like there's just a ton of paperwork you got to do when you get here. We haven't eaten all day, so we have to figure out what food looks like. Like, how are they going to feed us? And they do. And then we go into another room for quarantine, and we have to quarantine. So the 12 of us that came together go into a room. It was 12 of us from La Vista and, no, I'm sorry, seven from La Vista, five from Denver, and the 12 of us end up quarantining together 
in a 16 man cell hmm. right and so we're all quarantining together so they bring all of our food to us um can't go anywhere we did have one girl escape out the window because <clears throat> she just couldn't take it that yes you can walk right out of the halfway house folks that's how people yeah. escape right she couldn't take it she took she took it for a few days couldn't left happens um so we quarantined for two weeks um here we were allowed to have a cell phone immediately if it got dropped off to you know because you can't go anywhere um they're not allowing any visits you could have one drop off so your family could drop off whatever it was you needed within the first like 72 hours so your clothes your hygiene right because they're not going to provide anything to you sheets towels all this all the basics you're going to need um so for me my fiance dropped my stuff off um figured it out so we spent two weeks with each other and then come the end of quarantine, you're put in another room. So I'm now this lovely rack you see. I'm now in another 16 person room. Um, we have half capacity because of COVID. So I'm here with another six women in this space. It's still not socially distancing, right? That's not possible. Um, I'm leaning up against my lovely locker where I have mm -hmm. to keep all my things, right? I'm only allowed to have so much stuff here, right? They do count. Um, you know, uh, you can't see it. I'm not allowed to show it to you, but you know, there's a bathroom over in the corner. We have sinks here in the room. Um, I have to be very careful, uh, not allowed to film right in the facility. So that's why you can only see me in mm -hmm. my space. You can't see the door behind me, but that's how that works. Um, this director we have, I remember she was the director at my last halfway house. So I had written her a letter and asked to come here. I wanted the structure. I wanted the stability. Yeah, I've got somewhere I could go, but again, remember if I have the opportunity to leave 18 months sooner, I'm taking that opportunity. And that meant writing a letter. She remembered me. Not sure if that's good or bad. Um, probably good. You'll we'll get there later, but I tend to do a lot more. So I had a job waiting for me. Um, I completed cosmetology while I was inside. <laughs> Working in an office is probably not good for me. No more bookkeeping for me. Um, so I'm doing, I'm cutting hair at a great clips. Um, I had a woman, she completed her cosmetology inside as well, same facility. And she, anybody that want great clips, if you are a cosmetologist and you're out of prison, go talk to great clips. They will That's hire right. you, right? Great, great clips is absolutely helping people come out of prison. Um, nice. so I had a job waiting, right? Started it as soon as I could. Um, you know, so I'm just going through it. Uh, doing every day best I can. Um, the organizations that I got really lucky with. Um, so here in Colorado, um, the University of Denver has a prison arts initiative. It's called DUPI. They have a contract with DOC and it's just like what it sounds like. They're bringing arts into the prisons, um, a newspaper, a podcast, dance classes, theater classes. Um, they've actually put on theater productions um, here in Colorado, it's been rare that men and women mix. They don't do that here. They keep us very segregated. But DUPI, the men at Sterling, let's see, they did One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest, took their production to DW and performed it for the women at DW. Huh. The women at DW did um, A Christmas Carol, took it to the Ritchie Center at DU for the public, were transported to do hmm. a theater. I'm like, so Mr. Williams is really trying to be progressive and he's really, nice. and the warden, the, the wardens at Sterling and DW happen to be the brothers long. There's two warden longs. 
I've heard nothing but great things about them. They're really doing some good stuff, really trying to make things better. Um, so shout out to them for doing that and for letting that happen with DU. So DU, um, they also have a prison newspaper called The Inside Report. And I was the first woman at La Vista to be published in the newspaper. I believe passionately in that. So um, I got really lucky. Uh, I was never a group leader for DU Pi. I just took every class that was at, offered at La Vista. Well, when I got out of prison, I'm a natural connector. I love people, like meeting new people. Um, and I've been very proactive about if I know people are in the space of criminal justice reform, formerly incarcerated, like part of, like I wanna be in that space. And so I've been networking like crazy. Um, that's how we met, right? <laughs> and so they saw I'm on social media, I'm being real vocal. For me, um, I have to get away from the secrecy of my childhood. And so I'm being real transparent about the fact where I've been, what I've done and what I want to do. Well, the director of DUPI, Dr. Ashley Hamilton saw what I was doing. And so she reached out to me because um, I was still, so I was in the middle of a class with DUPI when I left prison and I wanted to finish it because I wanted that continuity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they let me do that. So I was in touch with several people at DU. Um, and so she sort of reached out to them, reached out to me, and they actually offered me a job. Like I now work as a paid program assistant for DUPI. Like nice. that's just so cool. Um, and last week they interviewed me for the podcast. So it's going to be interesting to see when that season comes out. Um, but that's going to be really cool because those are played for people in prison. And so I still have friends in prison, men and women, who will hear that and be like, hey, I know her. Like, and that's just cool because I want to help people still inside. Um, another organization that I'm working with um, is called The Realness Project. Um, people around the country may have heard of an organization called Authentic Relating. So The Realness Project is... I guess let's call it the nonprofit arm that goes into the prisons and teaches authentic relating practices to people who are incarcerated. So they came into the prison. That's how I first met them was down at La Vista in July of 2019. And what I love about the program is it's about communication. It's about becoming vulnerable. It's about getting to know yourself and sharing your real self with other people around you. So it's not just for people in prison, right? It's for anybody who's human and communicates. Right. Um, but they come in and do a two day program in prison. And I just stayed in, like, I'm a firm believer that if you come into a, into the prison and teach me a program and give me a way to stay in touch with you, I'm going to stay in touch with you because I'm a natural networker. Um, so shortly before I left prison, I reached out to them and sent a letter to the address that they had on their flyers. Hey, I'm looking at getting out of prison. I loved what you did for me there. I want to connect. Um, so I connected with Lori, who's the executive director of Realness Project. Um, and we had some conversations and she actually offered me a position um, developing a graduate program for them. So I'm going to be working with reentry, you know, as, as the graduates of the program um, come out of prison, we're going to route them to whatever resources are available that they, we're not going to recreate the wheel, but I'm enough of a connector that I know people already in the space do. And if you need help with housing or bus tickets or whatever, we're going to try right. and connect you to what you need. Um, but I never expected them to offer me a job, but they believe in the work I've put in for myself and the transformation that I'm still working on. And they were willing to validate and encourage that. And so I have two paid positions with jobs. That, and the beautiful thing 
whatever else you might want to say about the halfway house, what I'm doing is completely outside their box, but they've approved it and they're letting me do it. Right. They didn't have to do that, but they are. Right. So I get to go on campus. I still work. So I have three jobs, right? So it's a little hectic sometimes making everything fit, but I'm making it work. And I just, you know, do the best I can every day. Um, but I'm blessed with people that believe in me, people that want to support me, people that see the transformation. They see that I want to help other people in prison. I'm a firm believer in those of us that are formerly incarcerated. We have to stick together and help each other. Definitely. Um, you know, we've talked about that some, like we get it in a different way. Like I adore my fiance, but he's never going to understand what it's like to spend a night in jail because he's never had to do it. And you and I can have a conversation that, I don't have to explain, like we talked about, I don't have to tell you what a spread is. I don't have to explain the whole to you. I don't like some of that stuff that, okay, maybe different from California to Colorado, right? But we have that shared history that help. Like sometimes I just need to talk to somebody who's been where I've been and gets, who gets it in a different way. I think it's great that people want to volunteer in prison and help like absolutely, hell yeah, let's do that. Oh yeah. For sure. But sometimes I just need to talk to somebody who's been where I've been. Yeah. And, you know, it, uh, I tell people all the time, and I'm pretty sure I, I was telling you and Carlos this the other day, but like I used to have these huge birthday parties and it was mm -hmm. basically 99.9% ex-convicts, right? Yeah. And um, it was therapy for us, but just as much for us as our significant others right. that had to deal with us. And they would talk and start to realize, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's more pros to the cons, right? right. <laughs> um, and yeah. and it's, but it's just a matter of understanding that we see and do things a little differently because of, you know, what we went through. And right. it's it's usually beneficial, not it's not negative to the people that we're with. So, right. Um, and and I will I will tell one story. I know this is more about you, but uh, I'll never forget my my wife made a comment about leaving the toilet paper on top of a school because a friend a friend's significant other posted a picture on social media and was like, I can't get it through his head to put the toilet paper. And she's like, Yeah, my husband does that sometimes too. And I go, It's not that we're lazy. It's that we're not used to leaving toilet paper in the bathroom you bring it to the bathroom and then you got to take it back because it's like a commodity and not because of COVID. It's a freaking commodity in jail or you in prison. Have to take your, yeah, you have to take your toilet yeah, paper. Where you, you don't go? leave it there. It's not like you go to the bathroom and there's toilet paper there. And, there. and she was like, right. what? And I'm like, yeah, no, but you would never know that because you've never been to jail or prison or anything else. So uh, for us, we're like, right. what are you talking about? Like, be happy I, I left it in the bathroom. A, I have a roll at the end of my bed right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I mean, that's your Kleenex, that's your toilet paper, that's yes. your freaking whatever else you need, yes. right? Your paper towel. Yes, <laughs> true. So, but, but nobody knows that until you've been to prison. And, it, and it's just like, to this day, 12 years, I still eat with a spoon. Really? I... Unless it's something I really have to like a steak or something, like I will always want a spoon. And my wife always brings me a fork and I'm like, Can you just bring me a spoon? I just give me a spoon. She's all maybe we should buy some sporks. And I'm like, Nah, I didn't oh. have a spork in prison. I had a spoon. Oh a see, we have spoon. sporks. 
We had orange plastic forks. I don't you know. <laughs> we had those too, but I always went with the the canteen, the spoon. Like I just, I like the spoon. Right. I got very good at using the spoon. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite. Oh. When somebody else left, she left me her spoon, and yeah, because even on our canteen, they just sell sporks. Really so, interesting. So getting a spoon. So it used to be in the old days, way before COVID, you could order in from a restaurant. Like once a month, they would do like a special food ordering day, like a Subway or whatever. And so that's how you got a spoon. Right. And so when a, one of my friends left, she left me her spoon and I actually still have it. <laughs> I brought it with me. Yes. You know, in California, every, I'll say about every quarter, sometimes it would be a little bit more. Um, we, we couldn't get from like restaurants per se, but they would do some kind of a sale and okay. it would usually be like kfc or maybe pizzas mm-hmm. or maybe rotisserie yep. chickens you know but yeah. it wouldn't be necessarily like restaurant restaurant but they'd give you your your list of stuff and you could spend like it was a ridiculous amount of money you could spend like oh, yeah. 200 bucks on food oh, and i'd always yeah. be like yeah like that was good for the people that owed money because they would pay people off <laughs> That, right, because that, but that doesn't happen in prison. No loaning and bartering. Yeah, right. Yeah, you see a guy pull a fat bed of food and then it's like disappears ten different ways. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. But, <laughs> where I was the entrepreneurial guy, right? You I would were. like they would doing your they cell would, phone thing. They would they would do like uh, you could get the big old thing of carnitas and tortillas and stuff. So I would buy all this stuff and then make tacos and sell them two for a dollar like yeah i'm like that that 150 bucks i spent i'm gonna make 500 off of that oh yeah easy like this yeah Yeah, i loved it i was like oh i'm a hustler i'm gonna make it work oh all right so 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 you're in geo you're in a bunk not a whole lot different right um not really where where are you at in your stay how much longer do you have there and what are the plans once you can pearl from geo Right. So um, I'm on level three of the matrix. They do a matrix system here, yeah. which is four levels for DOC clients. Um, so I'm jumping through the and the levels are things like on level one, it's getting a job, like making sure you have an ID and your social to get a job. Like it's things right. like that, right? Um, a lot of writing papers, doing a collage, um, you know, whatever your case manager, each level you get roughly eight things you have to do and your yeah. case manager um, assigns that to you. So if you're motivated, it's on you how long it takes to do your matrix. So if you turn in two assignments a week, that's a month a level. So I'm on that plan. <laughs> I'm a proactive kind of girl. Um, so I'll be turning in my last two assignments for level three this week. Nice. Um, going to level four, um, I'll be eligible to apply for ISP. Um, of course, the halfway house is telling me I'm not allowed to apply. So we'll see how that works out. Well, they want the rent money. That's how that works. So um, we'll see. I believe, if I remember correctly, the AR that covers DOC rules is I'm eligible to go out on ISP six months before my PED. Well, my PED is in January, so that means I should go out in June. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I have a workaround to get the paperwork I need because that's the kind of girl I am and I'll be submitting that paperwork here soon (laughs) so so ISP is basically the angle monitor it's that transition step between 
the halfway house and full on home. So I will be going home to my fiance's house. Um, I'm, I'm able to go home on visits now once a week. So that's fantastic. Um, we've been doing a lot of cleaning because that bachelor pad needs it. And, uh, you know, kind of making it more our space, not just right. his space, right? So I'm able to do that. But the plan is to live there with him. Um, when I can have permission to get married, we will get married um, and go through all of that stuff. Um, but just, you know, moving forward with life. And I'll be eligible for parole um, in January. So I'll have my parole hearing um, that I would imagine I will make it. I don't know why I wouldn't. Um, and then I'll be on parole. I have a five-year tail, as we like to call it. Um, I won't serve all five of that. I'll probably serve half that, you know, because I do what I'm supposed to do. And I jump through the hoop. So basically, all things going the way they should. June, July, you got an ankle bracelet. January, February, you're on parole, no ankle bracelet. And then a couple years later, you're quote unquote free. Right. That's the point. <laughs> so, um, keywords, right? Popped mm -hmm. up a couple of times talking about uh, support and dealing with with issues, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what are you doing and or and or what's being done for you in regards to support and helping you through your issues, if anything? So the system doesn't do jack for me. Um, I don't okay. qualify for any sort of mental health help because here at least um, they look at, have you had a diagnosis before? Have you been prescribed meds before? Those people get more help. I never had any of that, so I don't qualify for their assistance. So I'm in a therapy group here at the halfway house, which is less than worthless. Um, I, it's the hoop I jump through. Um, I find it where I'm not opposed to therapy. Please don't get me wrong. I actually love therapy. What I don't like about it here is everyone's forced into it. Um, more often than not, it ends up being a complaint session about the halfway house. I get it. The halfway house sucks sometimes. Yes. That's not why I'm going to therapy. So I've asked to be allowed to be either put in an individual group so I can actually talk or see my own therapist. They'll probably approve one of those options. So I'm, remember, proactive kind of girl. So I reached out to organizations. Um, I'm in a, several mentoring groups. Um, I see a therapist myself. Um, I've reached out for my own help and I've been building my own support network um, because I know that's what I need. Um, I cannot, me personally, live alone, have no support, live under a rock. Um, that's just not who I am. I'm a very, in case you hadn't noticed, social kind of girl. So I like meeting people. I like talking to people. And especially with, I'm learning um, to become more open, become more vulnerable, share more of my, my story because somebody's going to get something from it somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to do. I love to speak, um, love to write. Um, I'm working with the prison journalism project and I'm actively seeking more stories nationally. I'm their first outreach fellow that they've ever had. So anybody listening, if you want to write about your story for prison, I want to hear about it, right? We can get you published. But so I'm creating my own support network because I know that's what I need. Um, and I'm making sure that I'm surrounding myself with, I don't care what your shit is that you got to work on. If you're working on your stuff, that's what we all need to be doing. We need to be helping each other work on our stuff, no matter yep. what it is. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I'm creating. Um, 
So a lot of people who are formerly incarcerated, because I think it's important that we support each other. It's, you know, right? We don't always get a fair shot. Um, there's a lot of stigma attached around being a fresh out of prison, right? And actually not even fresh. Anytime you've been yeah. in a history of being in prison, there's a stigma there and there's some shame there. And we have to work on changing that. Um, and I think that's important. So I choose to do that. Um, I'm in touch with a couple representatives, a couple state senators, um, reform coalitions. Like I believe in connecting and reaching out. And so that's what I do. I'm trying very hard to be purposeful in what I'm doing and how I'm trying to help. Because those girls like Claire and some of the other girls that are still in prison, I want to help them if I can. And that might just be being someone to listen to them sometimes, right? But if I... Okay, sure, prison's not as bad as what you see on Locked Up and Raw and some of these TV shows, right? But it's also not as good as it could be. And I might be one of the first women that's really talking about it, but I won't be the last. I mean, if I have to be the first, I'm okay with that. And like we've talked about before, we're never going to say there's not a place for prison because there is. But it shouldn't be as bad and as hard as it is either. Like, we're still human beings who deserve some dignity and compassion and by shining a light, is it as bad here as it could be? No, it could be. I've heard of worse. Let's talk about Angola. Like, we've heard about worse places. Mm -hmm. It's not as bad as it could be, but it still isn't good in any way. And sure, Mr. Williams is doing everything he can, but we also have to change state statute. We also have to change the minds of people who fund the prisons. There's right. so much work to be done, but you have to start somewhere. And if I'm that one baby step that can change someone's mind a rice size okay i'll do that well yeah and i and i agree 100 percent. i think um baby steps so for people like us and people not like us who are just supportive to think something's going to happen overnight it's not right um the flip side is it's kind of like california change from california department of corrections to california department of corrections and rehabilitation right, right. um and some great programs did come in. Mm -hmm. My challenge to the powers that be are what inmates did you talk to to determine right. what we needed? And right. I'm talking about like us, people that are out. People that are in. Quote unquote being successful, right? Mm -hmm. To say this is what I needed while I was in. And then people that are in, right? And, mm -hmm. and I think that's where you get uh, a consensus and you'll get the buy-in not only from the people that are doing the programs but the people that'll be going through them right i right. mean right. you'll have inmates that want to go because hell i was part of the group that masterminded this right so right. I, I i think there needs to be a lot more um interaction and something that we kind of talked about at at one point was you know like, wouldn't it be cool to get contracted out by the Department of Corrections to help Train. make things better, right? Yep. And and better in the sense that it's a safer environment for the guards to work in. It's a better well, place for the inmates. You yes. know, yeah. You know, so it's it's something that benefits everyone, not just the inmates. Because then, right. hell, you're just being too nice to the bad criminals, no. right? No, but and we're not saying that. But it has to be safe for everybody, including for everyone. the staff. They deserve to go home to their family every night. Of course, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't believe. I've I've never been a believer in us versus them. 
green versus blue, like here in yeah. Colorado, we're green, right? I, I don't, and if that makes me a bad inmate, I'm sorry, but I believe in humanity, right? And sure, there's some bad apples on both sides. Absolutely. Never going to say there's not. But in Absolutely. general, for me, I have to believe we have to make prisons a safer environment for everybody. For everyone. Yeah. No, definitely. Staff, definitely. volunteers, the residents, the workers, everybody. It needs to be safe. Mm-hmm. And, and it needs to be, uh, to, to me, it's all about that change element, right? What, mm-hmm. what is the system doing to help change individuals? Like, I don't care if, if once again, if you stole 5,000 bucks or if you killed 5,000 people, what are we now doing to help fix that, right? right. And, and that goes for, you know, the, 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 the lifers without parole, the, the LWOPs, right? Like, everyone, because eventually there might be a statue saying, you know what, yes. you did 40 years. <laughs> well, and we, you, you're and now we, more of a right. burden on society inside and, we, and out right and we need to look at the lwap thing in general like that is strictly about punishment that's not about anything else right because at, at what point has somebody proven that they have turned themselves around and and to me that that really pushes people to yeah. like it, it if i have life without hell i i'd have to say what why, does that turn why, you into why aren't I just killing people while I'm in here? Because I'm never going home anyway. Right. And, you know, and. Yeah, I, I can see I, both sides I, of that. I will say uh, I'm not necessarily for or against death penalty because I've seen too many people on death row that were found innocent 20, 30 years later. So it's kind of like, damn, what if we killed that individual and then they were innocent? Like, Right. Jesus Christ, right? Yeah, but, I believe in the death penalty, right? But at the same time, if you're going to give someone life without, why aren't you just sentencing them to death? You might because like, that's why, what you're doing. You know it's why? It's semantics. It, unless we're going to find another Australia and right. send people like, hey, there's your penal colony. You're not allowed to ever leave. And Maybe that's what they're looking at Mars for. <laughs> More like, we'll go to Mars Sorry. and this will be the penal colony. <laughs> Maybe because Mars is going to be better. Uh, <laughs> right, we uh, need to fix the system we've got. Uh, we do, and and I'll be the first to say there's there's no right answer, but right. we can definitely work towards better, right? Right. Um, Which means more humane people. <laughs> and, and I think it's more about understanding. I think a lot of the stuff that's been going on out here in the last few years uh, with social unrest and injustice. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping that's starting to open people's eyes to like, if you think it's bad out here, imagine what it is in there, you know, (laughs) that racial disparity, like, come on, the black community, especially has been ravaged by incarceration. Like, that's just, that's just a fact people. It's not a racial thing. That's just the way it's, I'm not saying like, that's just the way that's played out. Black and brown communities have a larger percentage of people incarcerated. hundred percent. And I know in California, like blacks and whites are about even, but if you look at demographics, Mm. (laughs) blacks are a minority. So that's how they should be represented. Right. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's, and there's 28 ways to look at that and break it down of why this and why that, but yeah, yeah, we, we, we have a lot of issues going on and they start out here and then they filter Mm -hmm. inside and then they come back out. So (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> and usually they come out worse than when they went in. So right. we, we, we definitely have to work towards that. I don't want to hold you up any longer. I know you're like on the bunk and everything. You probably have other people you want to talk to. Um, closing thoughts, words of advice. Um, go. Wow. <laughs> closing thoughts, words of advice. Let's see. Um, I guess if you're someone that's been formerly incarcerated and you're having a rough time, hold on. It gets better. Um, keep plugging, find some people to talk to for crying out loud, reach out to me, right? Uh, reach out to Tito, like we'll figure it out. We're here for each other. We want to support each other. Um, for people that maybe have never been in prison, right? Um, that are supportive are curious. Um, what are you doing besides just listening to this podcast, watching the video, right? What, what else? It's not necessarily about throwing money at the problem. It's, are you volunteering? Are you, is there some other way that you could be helping? Could you hire someone coming out of prison? Could you, mm -hmm. you help them with hygiene? Could you, like, is there some something else, right? Could you help with transportation, could, whatever? There are organizations in your state, I promise you, I don't care what state it is. There's some, some organization there that could use your help, right? Whether it's money, whether it's time, whether it's investment of, of resources, there's an organization where you are that needs your help to help the formerly incarcerated. Um, look at legislation. Um, do these laws make sense? What lobbying could you testify in a bill? Could you like, there's some way you could help um, do so. Um, it's not. And the other thing I think, I guess I would ask for is some patience. When we get out of prison, it's not poof, flipping a switch. It takes time to reintegrate. It takes time to change our headspace and to learn different ways. So be patient with those of us that are coming out. We're doing the best we can. Some help would be great, some empathy, right? Try to understand where we've been, um, but it does get better. Um, it's worth the struggle every day. It's worth it um, and we'll get there. And I appreciate your time. Awesome, yeah, no, appreciate those words. and. And I will piggyback one quick thing on what you said, which is um, the being patient with us. Um, and 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 I'll, I'll paint a picture of, you know, jumping into an ice cold swimming pool. Like people out here have the luxury of putting their toe in and kind of feeling it out. We just get thrown into the pool and yep. it's a shock. It's new. It's It's what we want, but we might not understand it depending on how long we've been gone <laughs> and, right. and what we've been through inside. And, um, right. and I literally this morning at the gym, a guy was standing behind me and I'm on the treadmill and I don't turn the TV on and I can see him in the monitor. So yep. I literally almost fill off the damn thing because now I'm watching him. Right. And then I realized the treadmill that's shut down on each side of me for COVID there's a sports thing on. He's watching the sports thing. Right. And it, yeah. I'm, but but it I'm sitting there like else. ready to turn around and like punch him in the face. And right. that's 12 years out of prison. But right. my, my spidey sense, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you standing behind me? Why are you just standing there? And I'm like jogging <laughs> like this going, okay, I'm about to. And then out of the right. corner of my eye, I can see football stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, go some like get from behind me man. but 
he probably never it, even thought about it. It doesn't go away. And right, that's really 12 years later, it doesn't go away, you know? Right. Um, and I like to think it's partially a good thing because I have good situational right. awareness, but I don't like feeling that way. Right. <laughs> so, yes, have patience Get with it. us. <laughs> we're, we're, we're damaged goods we're like salvaged stuff that didn't sell in the store like you need to be gentle with us um anyway thank you for your time i really appreciate it uh i, I definitely look forward to you having an ankle bracelet which sounds horrible but it's a good thing yes i look forward to more interactions we're we're on like seven different calls every other week together so that's always fun i'll see you tomorrow Friday. yeah i'll, I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> And, and and that's another project we're we're both working on. Right. Um, so yeah, um, just I really appreciate your time. Um, as always, this will take a little while to get out. The podcast will be quicker than the video, but Whatever. we'll get it out. And uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. I'll see you tomorrow. I, I will see you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Be okay. safe. You too. All right. Bye bye. Bye. All right, everyone, that was part three. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, like, drop a comment, any questions or any suggestions you have, download, share this. I appreciate all that. Uh, we went over a lot of stuff, and this is the first time we've been talking to someone who's actually still technically in prison, just in a transitional living environment. So really interesting stuff. I'm sure it was eye-opening to some of you who don't know about the system and what happens post-prison to some individuals like joy bell so please you know um continue to support i appreciate it we all appreciate it we're trying to get awareness out there once again this is 15 of life wishing you a great day great rest of your week and remember we're all going through something so before we get mad at someone for something that we only know about remember they're probably going through something too love y'all be safe